Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Peter wrote his book, First Peter, to believers who were really suffering. And we're going to look at chapter 1, verse 3 through 9 today. But right there in the middle of it, in verse 6, it says, You have been grieved by various trials. It says in the New King James, the real word is manifold trials, different colored trials, difficulty. Uh, You know, it's hard for me to talk about persecution here in America when other countries are really facing persecution. You know, is it levels? This is Bert Harper, by the way, along with Nathan Harper co-host of Exploring Missions. Nathan, when, it's hard for me to use the board persecution for what Christians face here in America, although we've had some because of their stand on mostly marriage. That's where it comes from, mostly about same-sex marriage and all of that. That's where most of the religious persecutions come from here in America. But it's still, when I think about what our brothers and sisters are facing in all the different parts of the world, uh, it's hard to, you know, express that. And I, is that the reason Peter would say manifold or various trials? Uh, yeah, there's lots of different types of persecution, if you want to call it levels or degrees of severity. But there, I think even bef- when we can look at some of the differences, but before we do that, I think it's really important to remember that there's just one church. There's not two churches, the persecuted church and the, uh, the non-persecuted church. There's one church, one body, and so when one suffers, we all suffer. And that's something that I've, I've learned in my head. It still isn't as, as real to me as it, it is on a daily basis for so many of our brothers and sisters. And that's probably what you're really talking about. Personal experience of persecution? No, I have not experienced anything that I would call persecution. We all go through, everybody, through difficulties in life. You know, it rains on the just and the unjust, but we also need to keep in mind, however, whatever our personal experience is, the reality of the situation is not relegated to that. There are thousands and millions of brothers and sisters around the world today uh, experiencing these manifold trials uh, of persecution uh, for, for just simply being followers of Jesus, for um, leaving whatever religious background they might, might have grown up in, for sharing the gospel, boldly proclaiming it. And so when they suffer because of their, their faith in Christ, we suffer too. We, sh- we, sh- we should suffer with them. And even here in Peter, he talks about rejoicing. So guess what? We should all rejoice as well. Would you mind reading verses 3 through 9 and setting this pace? And just listen to this. As you hear this, you may be driving, you may be sitting at 
in Eden as possible because of whenever Exploring Missions is aired. But listen to what Peter says. Yeah, he says uh, in verse 3, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupted, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being protected by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, though now for a short time you have had to struggle in various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, more valuable than gold, which perishes, though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You love him, though you have not seen him. And though not seeing him now, you believe in him and rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy, because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Peter is writing this to people who were suffering. And, you, you know, we hear Paul in prison talking about rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Guess who's not left out on that rejoicing? It's the Apostle Peter. Yeah. He said, in all these various trials, we rejoice. So, Nathan, when you're looking at a country, and the country we're going to do the interview with is about Iran, and when you look at it where people are suffering, they're hurting, but yet the gospel is growing fast, the gospel just works under all conditions, doesn't it? Yeah, there's there's no no conditions that the gospel does not take root and effect and it doesn't grow and, and multiply. There are conditions that that do have to be there for the gospel to I would say flourish greatly. But at the same time, one of those conditions seems to be actually persecution. That's kind of counterintuitive, but we've seen both. We've seen persecution happen, and it really stifled the church. You know, even for a period of time, many believers in a certain location can literally be killed and, and wiped out or either run out, and the church really minimized almost to nothing. But... We've also seen in some of those same places where it makes a comeback and and it grows beyond what it ever was before. And it seems to be through the vehicle of persecution that the gospel gets carried. And I don't know. It's, it's God redeeming a situation. Do we want persecution? No. Do we pray for it and wish it on anyone? No. But we also can rejoice in that because the gospel can actually flourish in a in a place where there's lots of extreme persecution. I love the the book of Acts. It's called the Acts of Apostles, but I I kind of changed the name, the Acts of the Holy Spirit, because it is spirit driven, the Holy Spirit driven. And even in the book of Acts, Nathan, all the obstacles that are thrown before the church are overcome. And one of those is persecution. Yeah. I mean, when you hear what Paul suffered in his writing to the Corinthians about the beatings, the shipwreck, the jailings, 
and he each time it seemed he he came away with a deeper desire to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. So persecution. Well, I'll just put it this way: God doesn't waste anything, does He? He hasn't. He, does not. he has not wasted the freedom in America that we've had the last two hundred years yeah. because. No other country has sent out missionaries the way America has sent out missionaries to around the world. And that is the power of the gospel to overcome all obstacles. And, and in Iran, what we're hearing is great, great numbers are coming to Christ now, Nathan. Absolutely. Uh, there, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I've heard stories, uh, multiple stories of, and I think, one of the reasons is it's just a hard this one is is exploding and happening so fast so quickly that people in Iran are coming to follow Jesus that there is hard to count two a lot of Iranians are on the move leaving Iran and going to other places and so it's hard to kind of get a a full picture because of that and then because of persecution in and of itself you can't just go around asking government officials how many Christians are yeah. You know, they're going to tell you none. You know. The government's going to keep this one hidden, aren't Exactly. They? So we don't have exact numbers, at least I don't. But I don't think any the interview that we did with someone, he had some numbers where they were not like, this is the number. Yeah. But it is obvious that great numbers of Iranians are coming to Christ. Absolutely. And that's that's wonderful. There's There's probably lots of reasons for that. But one of the main reasons, and this is things I've heard from Iranian brothers and sisters themselves telling me this, they've left Iran and I've, I've met them here in the U.S. And they said, you know, for them and everyone they know that has come to know Jesus, and even those who have yet to come, you know, actually make that public confession, deep down in their minds and their hearts, they're really discouraged and uh, disillusioned by not just the government, the government's part of that, the uh, uh, the Ayatollah and and the revolution that occurred. How many years ago was that? Now a long time ago. But yeah. Nothing that was promised has has come about except more hardship and difficulty. But also just the disillusionment with Islam, and especially the uh, the harsh version of Islam that that is in play there in in Iran, and so. There's a void or a vacuum in a lot of people's hearts, and they're realizing it, and they're finding that what they've been taught and what they've been shown, that's not filling it. You know, when I hear that, because communism and Islam seem so contradictory to one another, but here's the way it is. The ones on top have it made. The ones that are under them suffer. That is reality. Right? Well, that's any human system, I believe. Any gonna... human system. But those two right now that are so prominent in our world today, mm-hmm. it is obvious, isn't it? Yeah. But in Iran, God is is coming and making himself known. Yeah, he is. And in no and and there's lots of different means and ways the gospel is is getting into Iran, but the number one way is word of mouth and <laughs> and boldness of God's people sharing the gospel with others. And they might not, not be very far along in their maturity of, of becoming like Christ and their walk with Christ, but there's a boldness and um, a willingness to preach the gospel to anyone that will hear. I've met Iranians who have spent time in jail, in prison, because of sharing their faith in Christ. I have met uh, a few 
uh, Iranian sisters in Christ who lost their husbands because their husband wouldn't wouldn't shut up about Jesus, you know, and was literally put to death by the government. And it's very humbling when you meet someone like that and see what they've given up, this, the, the, the sacrifice, the, the uh, suffering that has been under, undergone, and then to look at your own life and say, you know, would I even be willing to go through that? And the thing is, they're going through it because they're sharing the gospel. I think of uh, Nick Ripkin. You know, he's written a best-selling book called The Insanity of God. There's a documentary. I encourage you to read the book, watch the documentary, and you can, uh, you can see where he wrote. He, he made a statement in that book, and he says he's encouraging and challenging uh, American Christians to, that we should not give up in freedom what our brothers and sisters refuse to give up under persecution. And that's the, the, the sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ to those around us. So at this point in time in Iran, we're seeing God move in great ways. And when we see that, we rejoice and we thank God for it. And because Peter here, he talks about we've already received our inheritance. We already have this treasure in earthen vessels, as Paul would call it. And this treasure is real. It is Jesus Christ. Mm. And regardless of what happens to the outer shell, the inward is okay. And that's what he's saying. You're all right with him. And, and notice it says, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls, that salvation is working its way out in our lives here in America. It's working its way in the lives of the Iranians as they are sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and what's happening is, Nathan, you've been talking about the Iranians that have left. Because of modern-day technology, they're able to communicate with those yes. believers that are still in Iran and there's training of the leadership in Iran that's taking place from people outside of Iran, and they're sharing that with them. Yes, yeah, it's, it's amazing what God can do. I don't know how this will sound, and I'm just kind of saying it off the top of my head, but it seems like the, go- the gospel, you know, we talked about the conditions that the gospel flourishes. The gospel flourishes when there's boldness of his people. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, when they saw the boldness of Peter, I mean, John, and uh, I get the right one, Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Silas, mm-hmm. and, and it talked about the men that would come to hear Jesus that the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin would send to them, and they'd say, we've never heard any man talk like this man. He talks with authority. Do we have that same authority? We absolutely do. It's in Jesus Christ given through the Holy Spirit. I mean, think about Peter, who, you know, he wrote these words here in First Peter that we just read. But back in Acts, the story of Peter being imprisoned and then God sent an angel to, to get him out, you know, he busted him out of jail and he, he makes his way back to the house where the believers were meeting. And that brings a whole new meaning to chain breakers, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And he was, he was interrupting their prayer meeting because they were praying for him to, to be released. And there he was. And, and when they finally recognized, hey, hey, he's at the door, let's let him in. You know what they went back to do? They went back and prayed. And you know what they prayed for? More boldness. boldness. Mm. They prayed for more boldness. And, and the key word in the book of Acts, it, pl- it says again and pl- again, the place was shaken. Mm. God would be so impressed with their boldness that he would send a little tremor yeah. <laughs> on the earthquake. And 
it, it, that also emboldened them to share the good news of Christ. Yeah. Is that one of the reasons he sent them out two by two? Yeah, absolutely. Because every once in a while we'll get weak, oh, but yeah. if we have someone there who is strong and they're, you know, they're encouraging us, they're yeah. challenging us, that means accountability is so important. So what we're trying to do on here on Exploring Missions is encourage you, shake you, to get on mission for God. And if they can do it in Iran where persecution is still taking place, as you said earlier, how much more should we do it in freedom? So we're praying that God would use you to win others to Christ, that you would win them, that you would disciple them, and that that would continue and it would become a cycle from generation to generation. Listen to this interview about what God is doing in Iran. Our guest today is Hormuz. Shariat. <laughs> correct. Yes, Shariat. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and if that sounds Iranian, it is. And Hormuz is with Iran Alive Ministries. He's here at the uh, National Religious Broadcasters uh, meeting. And uh, I just went by his booth and I saw what it said and I said, I hope he can do an interview. So, Hormuz, thank you for this interview. I'm honored brother. to be here. Thank you for inviting. Yes. So let's let's hear your story first. We know that God's doing some work in Iran. Our, our listeners have heard that, but we want to hear your story and then what God's doing in Iran and about Iran Alive Ministries and what they're doing. Would you awesome. Well, just, just share, brother. Yeah. Uh, I was born as a Muslim in Iran. I was pretty much de- dedicated to Islam until my teenage years when I said, well, oh, this religion is not doing much for me. Just be a good person and... I pursued degrees, science, so I came to U.S., uh, to USC for a graduate degree. Okay, USC here. That's right. (laughs) University of Southern California. That's correct, in uh, Los Angeles. So as a graduate student, I said, I I need to look into this. Maybe Islam is true, and if it's true, I'm going to dedicate my life to serving it. So I studied Quran one more time. I didn't find anything that can change my life. I said, as an intellectual, I need to read other books, too, before I make a final decision. So I got a Bible, and I said, I'm going to read it in three days because there's nothing really in it. I, I know everything, and uh, Quran has everything in it. So I started reading uh, Quran, uh, the Bible, and uh, I started Matthew, and I wanted to read the whole Bible in three days. And three months later, I was in Matthew 5 struggling with Jesus. So (laughs) who is this Jesus? It took me several months to realize the message of the gospel is very simple. As an intellectual scientist, I was making it too complicated. And I realized this simple message can change lives. And I uh, received Christ. I prayed a simple prayer. My life was transformed. And then I felt, which I, I hope everybody feels that way, This is too good to keep it to yourself. It's selfish. A message that can change lives, heal families, change societies. You keep it to yourself. That's selfish. Even though I was an engineer type introvert, I started uh, sharing the gospel with Muslims. And gradually people came to Christ. Iranian Muslims came to Christ, planted churches in Northern California. And right after 2000. One, the September 11, um, but one hour of airtime um, from a secular channel. And the moment we went on the air, phone calls came in from Iran, Muslim ready to receive Christ. And that has been 17, 18 years now. 
and tens of thousands of uh, Muslims have called us to come to Christ and many more who have come to Christ and they haven't called us. So in addition to evangelism, God showed us a wisdom as how to go from evangelism through media to church planting. So we have over a thousand house churches in Iran that we are feeding and we are leading right now. through satellite television. Yes, a movement, a house church planting movement helped by satellite television. So that's what we are doing. Hormuz, the other day we were interviewing a man who works for uh, Voice of the Martyrs, and he said, I want to cover two things. And I said, what is one of the things you want to cover? And he said, I want to talk about Iran and what God is doing. <laughs> he, he said, we are seeing God do amazing things. Now, Voice of Martyrs would keep up with that because there's a certain amount of suffering that's still going on in Iran for the followers of Christ. Has it let up a little bit? How is the suffering it's different. there? Of course, we work with Voice of the Martyrs, and yes. uh, their ex-president, who just retired last year, is our CEO right now. Uh, uh, Voice of Martyrs, we, we do things together. Now, persecution in Iran is different from other Islamic nations. Other Islamic nations, when somebody comes to Christ, it's usually the friends and family members who persecute them, not in Iran. The norm in Iran is when somebody comes to Christ, their friends and family members also come to Christ. Why? Because Iranians have already rejected Islam and very open to the message of the gospel. The persecution in Iran is by government only. And even they are not motivated by religious purposes, but because of political reasons. They are afraid Christianity will grow and they will lose power. That's why they're persecuting Christians. And their strategy, they have put a few hundred people in jail, uh, killed a, f a few. I'm, um, I don't want to downplay that, but... Compared, comparatively, it's nothing like the Sudan or Saudi Arabia. That's right. With, with three to three million believers, a few hundred in jail. So their, their strategy is not to kill Christians, even though they do sometimes. But their strategy is a strategy of fear and isolation. So there are two, three million believers in Iran, Muslim background believers, prisoners in their homes. That's why we work with Voice of the Martyrs, because they are, in a way, persecuted. In addition to those who are in jail, tortured, and we help them and their families, but these two, three million believers, prisoners in their homes, helping them. Just dream with me. What would happen if we go into their homes and we teach these believers how to live a Christian life, how to be witness, how to love others, that would be a movement. And that's what we are doing. That's what's taking and place. Amazing. Just releasing this army of love army, I call them, <laughs> to go out and love people. Now, okay, tell us how Iran Alive Ministries feeds this, because I hear you're going into these homes alive with satellite TV that's and they're right. listening. Are, is that discipleship is that's what taking place there we go from evangelism uh, on satellite it's a one-way communication and then we come online with secure social media and that's where we do a one-on-one -on -one or small group discipleship and among them we choose and we find top leaders who are ready to live and die for jesus we have very high standard and we can afford it because there's so many out there <laughs> and we train them to plant and, on, and multiply underground churches. So all through, start with satellite television, but doesn't end with satellite television. It ends with multiplying underground house churches and even meeting them in a third country 
for one week long conferences to do a face-to-face training. So it, it is amazing how media can go over the heads of these mullahs, like satellite <laughs> television, Amen. go into people's homes, because the signal comes from the sky and it's free. They just need a little dish, and most Iranians do. Go into their homes, talk to them about Jesus, and they're very open to it. And that's why the government doesn't like it. I get life threats all the time. They try to jam us all the time. There's a technological battle there, but they're losing. <laughs> <laughs> Great is the victory in Christ Jesus. Yes. Well, how can people pray, and how can they know more about Iran Alive Ministries. Prayer is very important because we are facing the dark spirit of Islam. Even in the Bible, it talks about the Prince of Persia that we are facing. Right. So uh, attack in many ways, our bodies, minds, families. We, prayer is the foundation of defeating the spirit of Islam. That's number one. Number two, if you want to know how we can partner, of course, the financial support, but we want more. We want pastors, teachers, uh, producers of videos to contact us and partner with us in broadcasting into Iran. We have a 24-7. We do some, some of the hours, but we have so much to offer people who want to reach to the Middle East. And may I say this? We have worked 17, 18 years, and we have become number one most watched Christian channel in Iran. Amen. Uh, it's an independent research. Yeah. So we have these millions of people already gathered. And those who partner with us, I say, come, I gather them. You speak to them. You preach to them. So I'm looking for partners who would come and join us, not just give, which we appreciate giving and prayer, but join us in transforming a country for Jesus because they're ready. Amen. Again, how can they reach uh, Iran Live Well, to contact us, the easiest way is to uh, text the word Iran, I-R-A-N, to a number, 74784. It's like an airplane. 74784. Seven, seven, <laughs> yeah, okay. 74784. Just text Iran. I send you some links, uh, testimony links, a link to our website, link to blogs. And according to your interest, you can click and see and watch and know more about us. Well, you know, those that keep up with it politically know Iran is a very centralized nation concerning the the foreign policy of Europe and the United States and right there in the middle of Iran is God working bringing people to Christ uh, that's that's awesome you know that's God does it when we don't know he's working he's working he is working and he's appearing to Muslims, visions, dreams, miracles all the time. And I feel he's telling us, hey guys, can't you see? I love them. I love Muslims. I'm appearing to them. I'm doing my part. I've opened their hearts. I'm, I'm doing miracles. I healed them. Would you do your part? Would you share the gospel with them? And partnering with Jesus, he does the rest. He saves, he convinces, he convicts, but we got to do our part, which is just love Muslims and share the gospel. Our guest today on Exploring Missions has been Hormuz Shariat, and he's with Iran Alive Ministries. And what a joy to have you, brother. May God bless you, and may God increase his work through you. God bless you, Bert. Thank you for inviting me. We want to thank you for listening to Exploring Missions today, and we pray that you would be on mission with God and for God in your neighborhood and around the world. Music